Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Audio bandwidth for This Week in Tech is provided by the new Winamp for Android, featuring wireless sync and one-click iTunes import. Now with free daily music downloads and full-length CD listening parties. Download it for free at winamp.com slash android. Video bandwidth for Twit is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Twit, This Week in Tech, episode 309, recorded July 10th, 2011, Dances with Zuck. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Go to Assist Express. If you're in tech support, solve problems fast with a leader in remote support software. Go to Assist Express for a free 30-day trial. Visit gotoassist.com slash twit. And by Carbonite. Backing up the files on your PC or Mac is safe and easy with Carbonite. For a free trial plus two free months with purchase, go to Carbonite.com and use the offer code TWIT. And by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look more professional. Get started with a free package at FreshBooks.com. It's time for TWIT this week in Tech, a massive cast joining us today. In fact, I imagine the cast will get larger and larger as we get closer and closer to our new studio. Lots of people coming from all around to, uh, to visit, to see the new studio in action, and to pay a farewell to uh, the old cottage. Joining us for the first time, I think, on Twit, Ben Parr from Mashable. Great to have you, Ben. Glad to be here. Welcome. Maybe. You were a celebrity this week. Uh, if that's your definition of one. Yes, in the <laughs> Facebook. That was really cool. That was really cool. We'll talk about that in a second. Also joining us kind of, uh, uh, well, it isn't a surprise because you told me you were coming here, but I, I just forgot to bake a cake. Mr. Ray Slikinski, who is an old friend. Ray uh, did the first I- really good iPod program, podcast program called iPod or X. Thank you. Uh, with August Trumminer. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when we first met up in Toronto. Yep. And uh, he is uh, now working for High Def, which is the... Uh, Flavors.me company. Yep. And where do you do? Are you still in Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, cool. I'm working from home. and You're here for the Cassandra conference. Yes. That's a no SQL variant. Right. Which means what? Uh, <laughs> That's uh, all right. Never mind. Thanks yes, exactly. Good to see you once again. <laughs> it's a database. <laughs> it's a database. It's a database. But it doesn't do, uh, you know, can't do queries. It's flat. It's not relational. It, things have changed uh, since they came up with that term. Now I can do queries. Oh. So yeah, so really nothing's changed. No, it's just, yeah. <laughs> eventually it'll be just like SQ, SQL. It, it automatically shards for me, and that's really my big uh, thing that I like. Automatically about. what? Shards. It separates the data across multiple servers. You heard it here first. Yeah. Also joining us, Mr. Mark Million from CNN. How's it going, Leo? Great to have you back, Mark. Thank you for having me. That's a lovely studio you're in. Oh, like yeah, it's the like glory the of the Time Inc. office. <laughs> Got a, uh, a plant that I stole from the lobby of the office. <laughs> Did you actually? you just like, I need to have it in here for Twit. Yeah, every time I'm on TV, they, they say, you're you need cubicle. a plant. It's like crap. Yeah, you need to you need spice it up a little bit. So that's what I do. Yeah. I take the plant from the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like his hair. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> me, million. Also joining us from uh, Houston, Texas, the Houston Chronicle, our good friend Dwight Silverman, blog, 
Dot.cron.com slash tech blog. Hey, hey, Dwight. Great to have hey, you. Hey, Leo. How you doing? Nice I, to see I you. I know you were excited to talk about the Atlantis this week. And look who we've brought into play with us today. A guy who was actually at the launch. Trey Ratcliffe, our favorite photographer, stuck in customs.com. Hi, Trey. Hello, Leo. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you. You just got back like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I just got back from Cape Canaveral, and I haven't even unpacked everything. But, um, yeah, I'm still all uh, vibrating from the excitement. You know, it's, it's funny because uh, we rebroadcast uh, the feed from spacevidcast.com. They do such a great job. They did. Uh, it was kind of reminding me of the old days of Walter Cronkite sitting in the tent and watching the launch and everything. And they invited me to go. And you know why I didn't go? And I, I could have gone. I thought, oh, I'll go, and they won't launch. You know, because the last one they launched a bunch, you know, four weeks later. Whatever. I said, I'll go. And, they, and, of course, what do they do? They've got a weather hold, a weather hold. Oh, let's launch. Boom. So, yeah, it went off. And, uh, you know, Scoble was there, too. And he was thinking the same thing. It's not going to go off because I'm here. I'm like, try to be optimistic, Scoble. It might go off. This is actually your second uh, shuttle launch. You were there last time, too. Yeah, I was there for STS-134. That's kind of their code system. That was Endeavor. Um, it was scrubbed the first time, then I went back again, um, and then I went for the final launch, and it was uh, really magical. The last shuttle, although, you know, and I'm sure people didn't talk about this at the time, but, I mean, there was generally the feeling that this the shuttle was mostly theater, not so much really about space exploration. In fact, Esther Dyson uh, called it the, the end of the beginning. She's of the opinion that we, now we get serious about space exploration. Well, I think we're going to see so much private stuff that starts to really exactly. go off, and that's pretty exciting exactly. because, um, you know, the idea that uh, that the government doesn't have to do it, that whole notion is so uh, so exhilarating. I think we're going to see amazing stuff now. Trey took a great shot of the uh, – this is the night before, wasn't it? Yeah, I felt lucky. I got um, an escort, and I was one of the last people to be there for its kind of final night on Earth. And Beautiful I felt shot. like I shared a little personal moment with it, and wow. um, it was really a, a nice little evening there. Now, have you started reviewing your pictures from the launch? Um, yeah, I've gone through a few of them. Um, it takes a while for me, you know, because um, I want to make sure that I, I have to be careful what I post because I want to make sure it's really high quality. Um, you know, uh, Robert was able to go post one immediately, like uh, three minutes yeah, after the launch. because he's not a pro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he still got a good shot, though. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was amazing because the thing is, is that, you know, you're sitting there. We're in the press area. We're 3.1 miles away. We're as close as they really let you get. Right, and right. you know it's going to be loud. And it goes up, and then the sound comes across, and it is loud. But then something else happens. There's sort of this kinetic staccato wave that rumbles across the water and slams into your chest and kind of shakes your skeleton and vibrates your soul and it's sort of this unholy feeling that's rocking through you as you're watching this thing go up all in the meantime you're trying to get photos of this thing and capture the feeling of it so there's so much happening and there's the emotion it's the last one and all of us that are there are such enthusiasts we're so into it we're completely impartial so there's a lot of stuff uh, colliding. Here's Robert's uh, picture. That was a pretty good picture, too, i got to admit. Cool. <laughs> that was a nice description, by the way, Trey. You could so American. Poetry. Yeah, he's very poetic, Trey is. Yeah. Well, uh, so you're glad you were there, obviously. Yeah, it was great. It, it, was, uh, it was a little nerve-wracking, actually, having a scopel so close to me because he's, um, 
you know, that final 10 minutes, I need to focus on my craft. I've right. got my multiple cameras and so on and right. so forth. And he's there. He's kind of like that that little thing on Jabba the Hutt that's always laughing. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and so I took Scoble a couple hundred yards away from me, and I said, you stand here, Robert, and point at the flag, focus on infinity, F-11, F-13. Yeah, this is good, Robert. I'm going to help you get a great picture. Stand yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'll see you after the launch. Yeah, I'll see you later, Robert. You're going to get a great shot from right there, Robert. Yeah. No, he no. did end up getting a good shot, he but it did. was great. It was he great did. fun. That's so neat. Well, I'm, I can't wait. Now, I sent, I donated to the cause. Uh, we had, I had my, actually it was my first DSLR, my Nikon D70, a beloved camera. I took a lot of great pictures with it, but it's been eclipsed uh, by several cameras since, including the 5D Mark II. So you, you said, well, I, I could use it. I could put it next to the, so how close to the launch was that D70? Um, it was a couple hundred feet. Um, you know, you can't stand there, but um, if you get an escort, you can go out and set up remote cameras. And we set up two remote cameras, um, yours and another one. And the plan was, my storybook vision of this is that your camera would end up as this uh, melted, melted piece of husk <laughs> that we would have to go out and pull out these Nikon uh, jars of life and peel it open and extract out a card that we then take to some CSI chamber to resolve the pixels that might be remaining but yeah that's what you it, told me would happen that's not what happened well it didn't turn out quite so oh. uh, histrionic um really your camera is just a little bit damaged and i haven't gone through all the photos yet but i don't think we're going to see anything too impressive oh, that's but too it bad. was there and yeah. it's probably got a little bit of uh, something something on it and i'll bring it back to the studio please point. yeah we'll put it in a, in a place of honor i couldn't be at the launch but at least my camera could be uh, could be there so that's pretty cool so you glad yeah. you went Oh yeah, I'm very happy I went. Bit it of was, history uh, there. It's nice. It's real nice. Pretty thanks amazing. for sending your camera. We had uh, we had a good time with it. It was just just the whole idea of it was uh, was really kind I'm of. I'm just worth. sorry it didn't get melted and destroyed. And oh well. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, you say you like Nikon and Canon equally, yet the Nikon is what you <laughs> offer up to die in a fiery hell of explosion. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said I like Nikon and Canon equally. I am I am now a full bore Canon. Shooter. Although I, as I said, my first DSLR was a Nikon, and I love that D70. You know, the other choice for that, I kind of went back and forth, was to send it up to uh, Washington State and have it turn into an infrared camera. But I think this was a good use for it. Yes, maybe you still can. It depends on if we can get it fixed or not. <laughs> you it's don't on the edge. I don't want it to be fixed. Trey okay. Redcliffe, so great to have you. Thank you for joining us and uh, sharing some uh, first-person uh, observations from the uh, shuttle launch. Atlantis is uh, is up there now. In fact, we just watched video of them uh, docking with the International Space Station and uh, the meet and greet as they uh, got on board the ISS. Um, and uh, then the program ends. What's actually? I'd like to open this up to the panel. What now? Uh, is it going to be citizen space? Is it going to be privatized? Uh, you know, one of the things that NASA wants to do, of course, is focus on manned, unmanned expeditions to Mars mm -hmm. and. And other places. What do you? What do you? Th Let's start with you, Trey, and then I'll, I'll let the panel speak. Well, it's a good question. I think that people do like to get their heads around a big idea, and it's inspiring. Um, I'm a little bummed out that NASA hasn't announced something really, really awesome. You know, like the successor to the space shuttle. We got no There's money, dude. I know. I know. Um, Although I just is, NPR is is. just said that uh, the twenty billion dollars uh, that we spend. Uh, on NASA actually is the same amount of money it took to air condition the troops in Afghanistan and Iraq for one year. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of money, but compared to what we spend money on, it's not a particularly large amount of money. 
Well, they're still going to be doing manned um, space flights. They're just doing it in a different way. They don't have something quite as, you know, uh, as exciting as the space shuttle once was when it was announced. But, this, you know, we, we do live in this sci-fi time where we see amazing inventions right and left. And right. I think we, we really want to get excited about sci-fi space travel right now. That's what, and, I mean, uh, I have to say, when I talk to scientists, the sci-fi is what excites them. They end up doing what they read about the sci-fi. That's, you've got to excite kids. You've got to get them going. And I think a space program is a good way to do it. Ben Parr, what do you, what, what do you think the future of NASA holds? I actually wrote um, and did a lot of research for an article that I uh, published this week about the private space race because uh, I was fascinated by everything that's been happening. Um, I really think it got is the X Prize. We've got I mean, there's yeah, a lot, yeah. Uh, and the X Prize people are amazing people. Um, you have you have SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's um, space right. company, and that's been growing um, quite substantially. And then you have Virgin Galactic, you know, and Richard Branson, and they're going to be starting those space flights, two hundred thousand dollars a pop. But they're going to be starting but them in the next barely, years. They're barely. They're not even. They're suborbital. They're barely into space. That that one is barely into space. But each with each excessive one, it gets higher and higher. And the thing is, it's. Um, I mean, it, it, you had to start off with innovation, I guess, in the public sector because uh, no one else could afford the programs that were needed in the 1960s and such to build. Uh, rockets to the moon but right. now it's the costs are going down the technology is getting better and hopefully what's going to happen is when the private sector really really hammers it hard it's going to costs are going to go down and it's going to become more and more accessible i know you were really excited about this uh, dwight you but you're you're nearby in houston you didn't didn't want to go over to the cape um well it's a long way from um houston to cape canaveral i i didn't go we sent several of our uh of our columnists and bloggers over there, including uh, Eric Berger, our science blogger, who uh, did some excellent work uh, out of there. I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in what's happening um, here in Houston as a result of the end of uh, the shuttle program. A lot of the uh, support, and certainly like mission control, is based here. And there's going to be a lot of layoffs. But what's interesting is because Johnson Space Center is here. Um, there has been almost like a, a Silicon Valley effect. There are a lot of private space operations here, uh, companies that, that supported NASA as contractors, and now they're kind of they're going to be off on their own. And my suspicion is that you could see a lot of the innovation taking place from those companies that at one time supported uh, the shuttle program. They're now, in order to survive, are going to have to innovate, and I think it's going to be really interesting around here for the next few years. And there'll be a lot of aerospace engineers. Looking for work, so that's right. Yeah. And and a lot of those aerospace engineers will start their own companies, and they'll, or they'll become affiliated with SpaceX or one of the other right. private companies. And I think you know you're going to start to see, when when there are layoffs in in Silicon Valley, uh, those people just don't go live in a box under a under True. a bridge. You know, True. they start their own they, companies, they and, and during layoffs, you actually have a lot of innovation happening. And I think that's what's going to occur here. It's exciting. I think it's really exciting. Uh, and I, but I just hope we don't stop. Mark Millian, you're a young guy. You don't remember, as I do, and Dwight does. God, I'll never. I mean, I grew. I got up every uh, middle of the night to watch first uh, Mercury, then Gemini, then Apollo. I'll never forget. I, I'm sure you remember this vividly, uh, Dwight, watching Neil Armstrong walk on the moon. I sat in front of my parents' uh, television set with a little Iowa reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder uh, holding a microphone up to the speaker. And I still have those tapes of, of Walter Cronkite, like, yep. wiping, wiping a tear from his eye. Unbelievable. Yeah, I it was it on YouTube. astounding. You watched on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the that's the there you go. So, but it it must excite your generation too, Mark. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm actually not much of a space guy myself, although I, I know a lot go. of people my age are, you know, huge Star Trek and Star Wars fans, with which have to, has to have some correlation to being interested in space. Um, I mean, from a further off perspective, um, I I agree with you know Ben and uh, and pretty much everyone else on the panel that it seems like space exploration is at a time where the private sector can take it over, and I think. That's kind of been the job of the federal government to shuttle a technology, no, no pun intended, to shuttle a technology, you know, to a certain extent, like they did with DARPA and that uh, before it became, you know, this privatized thing at the as the Internet or with GPS. I think they uh, I think space is at a time where NASA can now focus on deep space exploration and they can leave it up to private corporations to figure out, uh, you know, moon bases and all that stuff. I, I, I don't know why, but I'm just skeptical that that private enterprise is going to be able to do this. It just feels like something a government, or maybe even better, multinational governments should do. Uh, I hate for... Sp I, here's one thing I'd hate. I, I don't want to see a space station with corporate logos on it. I don't want to see our future in space become commercial. Isn't that the risk? Of doing something like this, Ben. It, but the the problem that's it, that's how the economy turns and how the economy goes. That's how you um, fund a lot of the different technologies. That's how we fund our medicine. That's how we fund. Uh, yeah, it's worked so well else. with big pharma, hasn't it? <laughs> you, you get you get the pros and cons. I agree, but it's better than not going into space at all. Well, I agree. I hope we do right? go into space. I just, just feels like this is something that it should be supported by a multinational effort. But I guess the ISS is not a huge success. What do you think, Ray? Well, I grew up purely with the shuttle program, so I was right. very You didn't get sad. Gemini and uh, no, Apollo. No, uh, I remember when the shuttle flew over my school uh, wow. in the early 80s, wow. um, uh, which was a, a treat. I've never seen a, a launch, uh, but I've watched pretty much every single one that I could on, on TV and on the Internet when, when that became available. Uh, so I have a strong connection to the shuttle program, but I really hope that we do progress and do something more because it really feels like it's been stagnant for 10 years yeah. we've done all the science experiments multiple times right. uh we, we need to do something else P part of the problem is there's no competition i mean the reason for the original space race was the competition we're trying to beat the ruskies yeah yeah and you don't you don't have anything like that right now maybe there will be something like that in a couple of years it's competition breeds innovation it's it was great we uh, cuff about a month ago we heard jfk's the tapes from jfk's mm -hmm. office talking about the space program and it was very clear that for jfk it was theater it wasn't about science it was about beating the soviets he said i want to make sure that the money i'm spending here is gonna we're gonna beat them right because it was otherwise no point from his point of view which is a shame he, he also made it um that it had to be completed within his term. Yeah. Not it was these, political. you know, four or five terms out, right. which both cases are political, but uh, such short timelines, you know, drives innovation as well. Right. Well, I think we all agree that we want more uh, space exploration. Maybe not necessarily manned. I mean, the truth of it is the science is probably better done by unmanned missions, yes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, overall, yeah. still it would be it would be great. It's not as romantic if you don't no, have no. somebody say. I, I want to be able to be watching in front of my screen. Hopefully, someday someone putting their foot on Mars. I do too. And you know, it's funny because for a long time I've said there's a kid right now in school, probably high school or elementary school, who will be the first person on Mars. I really thought that five years ago. I'm not sure. I think that today. Yeah, I think it may not. It may not happen 
as soon as that. You know, I think I, one of the interesting things about the commercial, the idea of commercial space uh, exploration, is that governments, you know, while you can raise a lot of money, governments still have a lot more money. They can guarantee well, that it's safer, yeah. and to and to a certain extent, depending on the government, there is um, a chain of accountability. The only accountability you have uh, in the private sector is to uh, the shareholders and to profit. And without much motivation for profit, I don't know um, how far uh, or how deep the uh, the bench is for uh, private space endeavor. I just don't. I just don't. I'm see with that. you, Dwight. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it needs to be a a joint venture of private and public, but ultimately the public sector. It, it, it's it's in society's interest, and I hate to, I just hate to see it be uh, right. And and look what they're starting with. They're starting with um, you know space tourism, where you can pay yeah. two hundred thousand dollars and buy a ticket. Flight, yeah. They're also talking about doing some um, uh, supply missions to the um, to the space station, and and that's kind of interesting, uh, I think. But I don't see somebody like SpaceX, you know. 10 years from now establishing moon bases uh, that will then use to go to Mars. I just they just don't seem to be that sophisticated or have that kind of financial depth. Yeah. There's not enough profit in it. Right. Right. Some stuff you do cuz it's for humankind. Right. And you know, um I was listening to uh, JFK's speech which was uh the Oh, this decade is out. Uh, yeah. Right. Which was done here at in Houston at Rice University. And um and he was yeah, it was theater, but it gave us it gave us as a nation a goal. Uh, it made us um, it tapped into the to the very thing that caused this continent to be um, populated, uh, and that was both. You know, we have to go there, and that's the frontier. There was also profit in found, in right. uh, populating this this. Continent. Well, and I think that's the thing. I think in, in, among the us, it's pretty clear to us that there's emotional and you know benefit that there's societal benefit there's scientific huge scientific benefit right. um it, it's pretty obvious it's just hard to get uh, unfortunately it's hard to get a government uh, that's, that's struggling with a you know unemployment rate of 9.2 percent and financial huge deficits to, to spend even 20 billion dollars on a space program uh and uh, and that's unfortunate i all i guess all we can do is lobby for it and encourage private sector to, 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 to do what they can as well. But I'm with you. I don't think, Dwight, that the private sector ultimately, um, they're going to operate for profit. And it ultimately doesn't necessarily match our interest uh, as a society. I know NASA's going to go on. I just hope that they continue to uh, go to the Mars and, and on. And on. Well, I, I was asteroids. glad. To see. You know, asteroids. There's some oh. good stuff on those asteroids. <laughs> a lot the of metal. On the asteroids. There's a lot of, you know, it, we talk about natural resources running low, but asteroids, they're... Huge. With some of those asteroids, fifty hundred billion dollars worth of precious resources. So there's profit there. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you, Trey, for being here. I appreciate it. I'm sure you're exhausted. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am tired. <laughs> and you want to unpack? <laughs> it's yeah. So glad that we could talk to you. And I, and so, are you going to start working on those pictures? Are we going to see a picture a day for a while? Or yeah, a picture a day. That's um, that's my meager promise to the internet. <laughs> Good enough for me. And on Google Plus, as well as on Facebook and on Twitter and at stuckincustoms.com. Actually, you're posting a ton of great pictures on Google Plus. 
Thanks. I love it. It's, I think it's great for photographers. It's a pretty exciting thing. I, I would say in many ways, Google Plus is the place to go now for photographers. People are, I, I have a whole photography uh, circle, and the images I'm seeing are just spectacular. I'm just really pleased with it. And of course, you're number one on that list. Well, I don't know how that happened, but I'm very thankful. And, I, <laughs> and uh, you know, I've been able to at least use that to promote a lot of other photographers. I have other photographer lists and suggestions for people that want to make new circles. And we do hangouts to, to help people learn photography. Um, we even did a live hangout from the shuttle launch. And, I saw um, that. And on the plane later coming home. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun just meeting people from all over the world because so many people are interested in photography now and they just want to get a little bit better. And uh, man, these things are really engaging and fun and it's it's nice. Doug Griffin in the uh, Google Plus wants to know if that was the first hangout on a plane. I, th I think I saw one before yours. Yeah, I don't know if it was yeah. or not. Uh, a it's great, a little sketchy. There's a great picture of you with a woman sleeping behind you as you do your hangout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was zonked out. I, it was uh, it was hard to get chloroform onto that hot towel. <laughs> oh, no. By the way, Trey, there was someone there. has I'm... already photoshopped uh, a photo of um, Scoble as the little thing on Jabba the Hut. Oh no, oh, where's that? I gotta I see, see that. that. It's uh, Leo. I pushed it into the chat uh, for this call on. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> like pixelweight.com/scoble.h. Is it? Is it? Was it from the chat room? No, that uh, escape call. Yeah, no, I can't get over there. No. Was it in the chat room or? No, no, I pushed it um, to your. Somebody your... put it in the chat room, would they? Yeah. Because I can, I can click that link. I can't click the link because you're. See, Dwight, you're behind me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me what it is. Maybe I could type it in here. It's a pixelweight.com. P-I-X-E-L-W-E-I-G-H-T. Pixelweight.com. Yep. Slash scoble.html. What is pixelweight? I've never heard of that. I don't have it either. Huh. <laughs> We're about to hear about it, though, because this oh, picture is your server. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it, you know, oh, uh, it, it's hideous. it was pretty easy, actually. I think it uh, was easy. It wasn't a lot of work. <laughs> I'm posting that to my Google Plus right after this. <laughs> See how long I'm it takes to get on Google Plus. Mean. Oh, I mean to. Trey, we'll let you go to bed. Thank you, Trey Radcliffe. Okay. Great to talk Bye, to you once again. Thanks show. for a great job. We'll look for you on Google Plus. Twitter and stuckincustoms.com. Does everybody have a Google Plus uh, account? Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Invites are now going out. Apparently, I've got an invite at the bottom of my page here. So, uh, and and because Zuckerberg has a hundred thousand followers on Google Plus, I figure there's at least a hundred thousand people. I think there's a good deal more. They're they're really kind of ramping. Schmidt up said millions. Point. Yeah. They're really. That's credible. They're they're really ramping up the thing because they're publicly launching sometime soon. <laughs> so we're just around the corner. Well, we'll talk about that. And a lot more in just a little bit. But first, let's uh, get Tom Merritt here and find out what's coming up. Tom Merritt, of course, does our uh, great TNT show. And uh, that's our daily news show, 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 Eastern at live.twit.tv. Hey, thanks, Leo. Here's a look at what we'll be covering on Tech News Today in the week ahead. Starting today, July 10th through July 14th, Microsoft's having its Worldwide Partner Conference in L.A. Expect a lot of Windows 8 news out of there. Monday, July 11th, Office XP extended support is over. So either upgrade or you're on your own. Also, Monday, July 11th, the finale of RoboCup 2011 in Istanbul, Turkey. The robots win. Tuesday, July 12th, UK extradition appeal for Julian Assange begins. Thursday's a busy day. We may see a MacBook Air or an 
OS X Lion release from Apple, we'll definitely see a Call of Duty Elite beta, and the Motorola Droid 3 officially hits Verizon for $200. And Friday, July 15th, the HP Touchpad goes on sale in the UK for £399. Back to you, Leo. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where is Tom? What is he in a, Is he in the new studio? Hold on. Holy camoly here. Wait a minute. Look at this. Apparently, they let Tom onto the set early. This actually isn't exactly how it's going to look, but that is he is on the set of uh, TNT in the new studio. That big X really is there, and uh, but there'll be more books and stuff behind him. So that's pretty cool. That's kind of, I, in some ways, that's the first official uh, view of the new studio. Ray, you were just over there. I was. It's, a, can, it's amazing. It's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. We'll be back with more in just a bit with our great guests, Ben Parr from Mashable, Ray Slikinski from Hi, Def. Uh, also joining us from CNN with his potted plant, Mark Millian. And, <laughs> and also, it's great to have you, uh, Dwight Silverman from the Houston Chronicle. I want to talk a little bit about GoToAssist Express briefly here. If you are in the um, IT business, you know that remote support is critical to your mission. And there is no better remote support solution than GoToAssist Expre- Go Express. Do you ever do remote support, Ray? For your stuff, your software? No. No. You thank count your lucky stars. Yes. Thank you. We have two wonderful support people that handle it. So probably a lot of them they go, okay, click the start button. Okay. (laughs) Now scroll down. Okay, control panels. Okay. Now can you and who wants to do that? You know, uh, when I first started, I first started in uh, doing customer support for for desktop software. It is such a pain. I did for Semantic and and a couple small. That's right. I knew that. That's why I thought maybe yeah. Yeah, I did WinFax support. WinFax. Can you imagine configuring people's modems (laughs) over the phone? It is AT and and and, no the did it say okay okay not A and D plus okay oh it was horrible. I wish we had this. Yeah, this would have saved you a lot of time. You could just type it right in. Yeah. You could do up up to eight sessions at once. You could do unattended sessions. So once you get it installed, and by the way, if you're a client, Mac or PC, doesn't have it installed, no problem. You send them a link. They click the link, and literally 30 seconds later, you're in, you're working on it, you're fixing the problem. And from then on, unattended support is available. Frost and Sullivan, who uh, it's an analyst group that uh, analyzes this sector, called to go to Assist Express, the worldwide market leader in remote support. I don't know why they put this in the copy. Leo says it's the one you got to get. That's all you need to know. I use it. Uh, we started using it in the screensavers. I never stopped using it, and I want you to try it free for 30 days. It's very simple. If you visit the website, gotoassist.com slash twit. 30 days free. If you're in support, or even if just mom and dad need some help, 30 days free should be enough to fix their problem. Go to assist.com slash twit. They have day passes for people who do this all the time. Yeah. We all support our moms and dads. What yes. a pain in the butt. I, I Mom, my, I love you. I made my parents switch to a Mac just so I could yeah. support them. Because I haven't touched a, a Windows computer in I actually have that like deal. six, seven years. I have that deal with all my family members. If they buy a Windows PC, they're on their own. Mm-hmm. But if they buy a Mac, I'll help them. I gave my mom my iPad, too, so she could Skype with me. Nice. I think that in some ways, for, the, for those people, the iPad is really the future, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Just it, there's no there's no security there's no support issues it's just boom. They My mom it. got a an iPad two for Christmas and she hasn't uh, really used her desktop since. She uses Numbers and for all her spreadsheets. One of the rumors is yeah. that uh, we will see a new iPad uh, in September, a high res iPad, not quite a Retina display. We're getting all these rumors out of Digitimes and the the uh, the Chinese suppliers also. The latest is that there will be a new iPhone in the fall, but it'll just really be kind of a re, re, re-skinned iPhone 4, and that the iPhone 5 won't be out till next year. 
I mean, that makes sense. I mean, the 3GS. They just came out, came out with it. Yeah. Uh, it's, in it's, the fourth year, right? right? Yeah, it's like iPhone 3G to 3GS, yeah. iPhone 4. IPhone you think there'll be a 4G iPhone? Uh, this Not this year. No. no. Probably next year. That's the 5. What do you hear, Mark? I know you got your your ears to the... My guess is iPhone 4S, then iPhone 4G. And, That's what and the G and the will 4S be... 4S is going to be uh, dual-band Verizon and right. AT&T. That's, they'll use that Qualcomm. Yeah. They already already have that in the Verizon uh, in the Verizon iPhone. They just haven't taken advantage of uh, the GSM right. part of it. So let's talk about Google+. Plus. We won't belabor the point. We've talked about it for the last two weeks. But for some reason, the tech community has just fallen in love with this thing. You use it, Ben. What do you what do you think? What, what is this? Is it the user interface? What is it? I have a theory, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you speak first. It's a combination. One, you have a, it's it's the community. It's early tech adopters. Early tech adopters like early tech adopters. That's my theory. You ah! stole it. because oh. <laughs> as the, soon as the rest of the world comes in, it's like where else can we go? Exactly. And you know this the current market that's on Google Plus right now is not. You know, it's not normal. And that, that's the market that Google has to win if it actually wants to be competitive in the social networking space. Otherwise, it's going to be friend feed. Right. It is. It's another friend feed. You Didn't agree we right? all love uh, Google Buzz when it first came out? And I loved Buzz. I left not because... Not so much. Nobody not so much? Dwight, you didn't no. like Buzz? I didn't like Buzz because I felt like it was forced on me. Um, well, it kind of was. It on it was. The email, it grafting yeah. it on the email was, uh, I think, a really bad idea. Email is email, and it just didn't, you know, I didn't want it. And I, I can't make up my mind about Google+. Plus. It, it feels really friend-feedy, and I think that's because of who's there at the moment. Well, you know what the big but difference? also, it you doesn't show me anything that much different from, from Facebook. But it isn't a friend-feed because you can't pipe your other stuff into it, which was the thing. That was the seminal feature of friend feed all along was that you'd pipe your Twitter and all, and I think that's what Buzz did that too. I think it's what killed Buzz both friend feed and Buzz is they became aggregators. Right. And well, so also everything... what happens with what happens with social networks, I think, I think that piping one thing to the next generally doesn't work because you lose context. The th kind of things that you say on Twitter, when I see them piped into Facebook and see kind of the responses, they're like disjointed. It doesn't quite match. And um, and I think I'm glad that Google uh, Google Plus is not doing that, but because um, no, all I of these are native Google Google Plus posts, so you don't right. see people posting it. And that uh, that decision. is a difference. Big the big difference. The other big one is that um, I mean the reason they called it just Plus is because they just want to make it uh, as an addition to Google as everything on Google is Google Plus. A yeah, you can't get away from this black bar at the top of the Google now. Every uh, you know. Every but, every Google thing you use has this black bar on it. Don't you think that's going to change when they release the API? That we're going to see the you know tweet to Google Plus. Well, that's a good question. Options? I don't. I, they, I, I think they probably shouldn't be uh, focusing on yeah, like on importing other feeds in. Like I said, that like they then, won't. But as soon as they have the API, other people other are will, going yeah. to, and then it's going to screw up. Yeah, you're right. Because that's the first thing I'll do is I'll say, how can I get my Twitter feed into Google Plus, or should I say? How can I get my Google Plus feed into my Twitter? I think Google would prefer that. That would be a better way to go, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. But so if you make a good enough UI and make people, and which is very sticky right now, it's obvious. Mm -hmm. make, keep it very sticky. Keep people living in Google Plus and don't take stuff in, but only allow porting out. Doesn't that work too? Haven't you seen the the Facebook posts inside of Twitter? 
where they're you know they stop mid sentence and then there's a link. Yeah, I hate those. And you never yeah. follow them. Yeah, you're right. Or you unfollow those people. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, that's I'm the point sure. about social networks not working with each other. I think you know Twitter is best in its 140 character native state. Facebook is best in its native state, and I I hope that Google. But uh, Google Plus, Google Plus <laughs> does not do does not allow um, importing of other social networks. I think that'll that'll mess it I up. Agree but on you. the other hand, you know, I've I've watched as a lot of people who aren't techies go into it. A lot of uh, the readers of my column have yeah, gone what into do, it. What do they think? I don't uh, know any. A of A lot them. of them are looking at it, going, um, "What's different here? You know, why right. do I need to leave Facebook? It's just one more. This? Yeah." Um, they kind of see don't see a why yet, and and that's for for those who aren't interested in social media for social media's sake, um, they don't quite see the the why should I be here yet. That's crucial. You gotta love this post from Vic Gundotra, senior vice president of engineering at Google, who said, "Please accept our apologies for the spam we caused this afternoon." He's posting to Google Plus. For about eighty minutes, we ran out of disk space. We ran out of disks. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, I would just like you all to mail your spare hard drives to Google. They obviously need them. Please, let's get that address, Eileen, and we'll give it out to everybody. Uh, they no, I'm just kidding. They ran out of disk space in the service that keeps track of notifications. So they spent sent the notifications over and over again. What is it? What did they had like a two terabyte drive and they ran out? That is the weirdest bug I have ever heard of. Maybe they just did that so that they could brag about it. (laughs) (laughs) We ran out of disk space. That's to me. That's the highlight of Google Plus in the first three weeks, right there. Uh, We actually did ask uh, on Google Plus. We might do this more uh, for your suggestions for stories we should cover on the show, and we're going to get to. We picked one that was not in our list that we'll cover in just a second. That's one of the uses of this. I've been doing hangouts. That's been fun. Um, but after a while, it's like, okay, I got it. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I, guess, I guess we'll have to wait and see how they hook this all together, how the wiring and the plumbing uh, comes in. You I were think great. Hangouts really is the competitive advantage. I mean, that's, that's unusual, that isn't it? Very few other services are doing, and no mainstream services are doing. I mean, Facebook just the week after they launched Plus was, you know, racing to catch up with this Skype feature they've been working on for about a year, um, but. You know, that can only do one-on-one. Hangouts is up to, what is it, 10 people. Um, but I think Dwight was on to something when, you know, he's saying social networks aren't interoperable. You don't want to push your Twitter to Facebook and vice versa. And putting them into buckets, I use Facebook for people I know in real life and then Twitter for more work-type stuff. And I haven't figured out where Plus fits into the whole, you know, world of that. I think you're not alone. So Facebook did have an awesome announcement. Well, kind of. Sorry, you were there, Ben. Sort of an awesome. Kind of a. Well, it was kind of boring, actually. This, <laughs> this, this is the announcement they added. Well, they did three things. They put group chat into chat. They redesigned chat to accommodate that. Those were the non-announcements. The big announcement was they've added uh, video. So let me see. I'm in chat right now. I see Becky Worley's name. Let me start a video call to Becky Worley. This is Skype built into. Facebook, and you know, at first I kind of said, aha, yeah, we've had this in Yahoo Messenger, MSN Messenger, and Google Talk, MySpace. Tom Anderson on Google Plus said, oh, we had that since 2006. But I have to say, remember, this is Facebook. And in a way, what I just did is going to be a revelation for a lot of Facebook users. The ability just to click a button 
and start a Skype call with their family and friends, maybe this is a little more awesome than we give them credit for. So let me record a message uh, to Becky here. Um, That's a neat feature all on its own. That Isn't that great? A vid- yeah. video message. Yeah. So uh, there we go. Okay. Hey, Warley. It's me, Leo. How the hell are you? Install some video for crying out loud. All right. And uh, now I've left that nice message for Becky. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> well, let's... Hey, Warley. All right. It worked. <laughs> And then uh, there we there we go. I'll just send that along I and think uh, just exit it. Did I just kill yeah, it? Yeah, you just killed it. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Oh well. Oh. So maybe it's oh. not that easy for grandma and grandpa, huh? <laughs> no, I I think that that's huge, and I think it's big for Skype as they you know mm-hmm. on the eve of their acquisition by Microsoft. But I think even more important that 750 million people are now going to have a very trivial, simple, easy way. To call the grandkids, to call each other. Don't you think that's that's pretty important, Mark? I mean, I know you know how to use Skype. It's it's way bigger than FaceTime. I mean, Apple had said a year and a half ago, or you know, at least over a year ago, that they were going to open up FaceTime, and they never did it. Um, I think they had thought they had the competitive advantage, and it never worked out. That's a really good point. This is what mm. FaceTime should have been. This is the video phone. This is what they were showing in the 1965 World's Fair. Oh. <laughs> Only it works. Well, video chat, I mean, all of these chat services are about who can reach critical mass first. Right. And when Apple first introduced FaceTime, I think they thought they had the, uh, they, they didn't, they thought they were playing catch up. And they said, we're going to open source this and uh, we're going to let everybody use it. We want this to be the video chat standard. And they never did that because I think they saw FaceTime as this competitive advantage. People will buy Apple products to get this video chat service. And I think Skype with Facebook kind of changes that. They've all of a sudden overnight reached this much greater audience. You agree, Ben? I mean, you were you were at the announcement. What was the reaction initially? I'd say my initial reaction is, ah, but then I start to think about it, and I did think this is pretty big. I, I think it's the same kind of, it, it, exactly that. Uh, like, I mean, we were like, ooh, it's not as pretty or as right. unique or as cool as Google Hangouts, but uh, one-on-one video calling is important to a lot of people, and a lot of people aren't looking for um, just like uh, ten-person video chats, a lot. Most people are looking for one-on-one. I want to see the grandkids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this makes that easy. You don't have to have a. You have a directory. They're already in there. Well, if your grandkids are thirteen or over, of course. <laughs> well, I want your your and children I, are yeah, in there, yeah, and the yeah, children will hold up the baby. Uh, <laughs> all those things, Apple. Exactly, you're right, Mark Million. All those things, Apple put in their FaceTime ads that never really happened. And and why didn't FaceTime take off? I mean, I know a lot of people who have iPhone 4s. I have an iPhone 4, and all of my family have iPhone 4s, and we don't use it. And um, a, a lot question. of us are connected to Wi-Fi most of the time, and we don't use it. I don't think a lot of people do. So will people use this? Is video, you know, for the masses a little too intrusive? Um, or is it that FaceTime is, uh, in its current incarnation, is too clunky to use? I mean, I, I'm curious as to what people think as to why it hasn't gotten more traction. I have a theory on that. Um, oh. And my, my basic theory, um, and it, the statistics show that, uh, like, 
teenagers and the younger generation are making less phone calls and they're making and they're doing more texting and texting Text. is less intrusive you can respond to when you want to phone call interrupts whatever you're doing you have to respond that type of thing and a video call is even more in, in, intrusive because you have to stop that but you also have to be holding the thing looking at the camera rather than like you can't be doodling on the side or something I have to say Facebook chat is intrusive when I, whenever I go to a Facebook page 20 people try to chat with me and I just go oh god I forgot to turn it off I mean Anything that interrupts you is intrusive. Chat can be very intrusive. Oh, uh, so it, really, I think who's going to use this is kind of just, it's going to be, I want to see the grandkids. I'll make an appointment with you. I will call you tomorrow night. Let's see the grandkids. It's going to be more that, isn't it? I hope so. That's a good use of it. That's a very good use of it. I doubt very much that Ray and I will talk to each other on Facebook using yeah. Skype. I hope you don't. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and from the sounds of it, you would never accept it. You're I'm just, never going to accept it. I forgot to turn it off. Oh, man. So now, now, see, now everybody knows when they try to chat with me on Facebook what my, when I'm going, oh, God, I forgot to turn it off. Well, it's kind of a surprise because you're going there just to you know, check Facebook briefly, mm -hmm. and then somebody starts to chat. It's like, oh, crap. And the first time, you have to download that little Java applet that, right. uh, right. that runs it. I mean, when was the last time you had to download a Java applet to do something? That oh, you're talking about the, the new Skype, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's a lot easier. And it also, uh, no. Is it Java or Flash? It's Java. Oh. You saw that yeah. recording was Flash. Yeah. They, so the input, I guess, for the recording of the message is Flash, but the Skype part is a Java, is a jar file on the Mac and an EXE file that loads a jar file on the PC. Yeah, yeah they've had that video uh, message recording feature for a little while. It used well, that's to be the old face, one. Okay. But yeah, post to uh, people's Facebook walls videos of yourself talking and stuff. The Skype is something completely new, which they had one Facebook engineer working with the Skype team to build. So you 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 heard that they'd been doing this for a year, Mark. Yeah, well, the talks have been happening for a year, and uh, and the talks actually heated up once um, Microsoft bought Skype. Um, I think he. Uh, oh, that's uh, interesting. So it wasn't something they had done, and then Microsoft came along after the fact. That was kind of a trigger. Well, they had been talking for a long time, but Microsoft has a very deep, long-time relationship with Facebook. Right. They're an investor in Facebook. And uh, I think uh, Tony Bates said at the news conference that um, I think it was the day of the announcement that Microsoft was buying Skype. Um, the Skype executives went down to Facebook, met with Mark Zuckerberg to reaffirm that they're excited about this partnership and they want to keep it moving. Yeah, and Mark Zuckerberg said that once we heard about this deal, we had more confidence Mm -hmm. As if they didn't maybe have enough confidence in Skype to begin with, but once they knew that Microsoft was involved, the servers and so forth. You were great, Ben Parr. You asked Mark Zuckerberg, so what do you think of Google Plus? <laughs> <laughs> Someone had to ask it. It was great. I think you, uh, I don't, maybe I imagined it, but it felt like you got a round of applause. Uh, I think you got a virtual round of applause. I hope so. I don't know. Well, we all, well, and this is the weird thing. We all know that Mark Zuckerberg is the number one most followed person, not on Facebook. On the Google social network. I see you on that list, Leo. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention yeah. that, but Mark has 110,000 followers now. He's al almost twice Larry Page and, and definitely twice Sergey Brin, the founders of Google. Scoble's number four. That just tells you how silly these lists are. But he also has, like, the most friends. He follows a lot of people. So... You said, Mark, what do you think of Google Plus? What, did he, what was his response? Uh, 
Well, he did the uh, dance, you know, he, he, dan did. he danced, but he did it so elegantly. He He's become nice much dance. better at the dance. But it was, uh, he essentially got to the point of like, um, this is all just reaffirming our vision of the past five years of growing social networks and layers. And the next five years just is using this social layer that's been built uh, to do amazing things like video chats and applications and all those kind of things. Right. Um, so he danced around it. He, he did it very diplomatically. But though. who would be surprised? I mean, the, the, the only difference is that on Google Plus, you can't be on there kind of privately but of course it makes sense that mark's going to check out the competition don't you think that larry and sergey and vic are on facebook i mean mm -hmm. what they're all on twitter i mean what what's the surprise here right of course he's on there what's the surprise to me though is how many people are following him like you you join google plus and you follow mark zuckerberg it's well, like that's what you do <laughs> out, out of this entire list he's the only one who's been uh the subject of a movie ah well if we scroll down just a little bit you'll see Mashable News. You'll see Notch, the creator of uh, what you call it. <laughs> what is it? The really? Minecraft. The Minecraft. <laughs> Felicia Day. She's an actress. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's the she's the, the number one celeb right now. Gina Trapani right after her, and then number thirteen, Tom Anderson of yeah. of MySpace. And by the way, his tagline is enjoying being retired. He's been one of the most engaged people on Google Plus. He's really mm -hmm. posting a lot. He's fun to follow. I actually thought he was working for Google there for a while. Yeah, it's kind of deceptive, yeah. isn't it? Marissa Myers on the list. Jeff Jarvis, Mike Arrington. There's Pete Cashmore, Mash Mashable. You're on the list, aren't you, Ben? I I'm at like 38 or th yeah. something. What is it that every time is this something is it something men do we measure? Is it something? Why is it every time <laughs> this social network? Every time we got to oh, who's bigger? I'm not gonna uh, go there. I know I'm, I'm bigger, but I'm growing. <laughs> not as big as Mark, but I'm growing. Take pills for that, Leo. Great article in the New York. Yeah, really. There's a great article in the New York Times uh, by Nick Bilton about Mark Zuckerberg. Apparently, when he wants, when he's got somebody he really wants to hire, he says, "Let's take a walk." And they and they walk through the the parking lot at Facebook, and they go up to the mountain. They go up a hiking trail to a hill that overlooks all of Silicon Valley. And then he goes, "See, there's Apple, there's Google. How'd you like to be a part of all of this? All this could be yours. I've got the." And then literally, he says, "I got the papers back at the office. If you'd like to sign up." I've heard some interesting hiring stories from Facebook. And Have you? That, yeah, he will go to great lengths to get people that he wants. Well, it is a, it's a battle in Silicon Valley right now. Facebook yeah. does seem to be winning that battle. They've got, I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of Googlers have gone over there. In fact, another article in the New Yorker uh, magazine about uh, uh, Sheryl Sandberg, who's the uh, C, is she the president? COO. COO, chief operating officer of Facebook, uh, uh, talking about uh, um, how, you know, how competitive it is. Mm -hmm. And there was some, co some question about her involvement in that because, of course, she was a bigwig at... Google, one of the first employees at Google, and uh, she, the, the, in that article, a Googler, not named, says she's persona non grata at Google because we feel she's stealing engineers. Mm -hmm. She's using her inside knowledge. They even said <laughs> she knows that it takes three weeks to get hired at Google, the process, so that's why Facebook's process is two weeks, because <laughs> we want to give them the offer first. Yep. It's very, very it's competitive. Smart. If it's true, it's very smart. It's, it's pretty amazing. It, the competition. I mean, is it rough? Yeah, but but I can see why Zuckerberg does that. Can you just imagine being like some twenty-something engineer? Oh God, yes. <laughs> All this someday will be yours, my son. But you know it's going to change. As and this, I you know what? This is why Steve Jobs is landing the spacecraft in Cupertino, 
Because now, when Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> goes up on the hill, he's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I want to work there. I, I want to work, work there. there. That <laughs> looks nice down there. There's not a single piece of straight glass on that building. The thing is, is if you go up there with Mark Zuckerberg and he does, all this can be yours, and I've got the papers back at the office, and if you say yes right there, he doesn't hire you because he knows you don't have to. <laughs> That's the Zappos model, right? That's the Zappos right. <laughs> model, they put you through the Zappos training, the executive training, and then at the end of it, they offer you, it's going up, it was, I think, $5,000 not to take the job. And they figure anybody will take the money, we don't want them anyway. Mm-hmm. See ya. All right, we're going <laughs> to... Someday, all this will be yours. We're going to uh, take a break. Come back in just a bit. Great panel with us. Ben Parr, so good to have you. Finally, I've been a fan for so long at Mashable. Um, you're doing such a great job over there. Thank you. Really, really, really appreciate your showing up. And Ray Slikinski, nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Nice to have some actual people in the studio today. Uh, before we continue on, let me mention our good friends at Carbonite.com. Talking about friends, Carbonite is the way to back up. Um, I think, you know, about uh, Francis Ford Coppola, when I think about Carbonite, um, Great film director, 20 years of screenplays on his hard drive. He was living in Argentina. Uh, He was backing up to a second hard drive right next to his computer, external drive plugged in. Thieves broke in. They stole the computer. They stole his hard drive. I remember reading this story about a year ago. Tragic. He said, that's 20 years worth of work. It's gone. I had a backup, but it's gone. When the worst happens, you're going to wish you had a backup off-site. That's so important. In the cloud, and this is what Carbonite does. Mac or PC, you go to Carbonite.com right now and use the offer code TWIT. You'll be installing it for 15 days free. Now, immediately what happens is when you're not using your computer but you're online, it'll start just kind of backing up your data. When it does that first full backup, from then on, you just are always backed up. It's not like I'll back up on Sunday. It's all the time. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about how much either because it's unlimited backup for every bit of your personal data on the internal drive. You can't start plugging in drives, but on on the internal drive. And it's always there. You can even access it. Uh, You don't have to wait for a disaster online. It's cloud storage. So you can log on to your Carbonite account on any computer, uh, on your smartphone, BlackBerry phone, and there's your stuff. It's all there waiting for you. And so easy to restore should the disaster happen. Or should you, you know, upgrade to a new computer, you just log on to your Carbonite account on the new computer, press restore, and you're done. So try it free. Use the offer code TWIT, Carbonite.com. If you decide to buy, uh, it's $59 a year. That's about $0.16 a day. Uh, And what they're going to do is they're going to add an additional two months to your 12-month subscription if you use the offer code TWIT. These are great guys. You know, they just, um, you'll like this, Ray. They just, they had uh, off, I think their uh, support team was in India. It was offshore, uh, outsourced support. And they kept looking at the results, and they finally said, you know, we're going to move them back. They they just hired 150 people in Lewiston, Maine. Nice. To do all their support. Uh, I do, I think that's really nice. Nothing against, if you're an Indian company, use Indian support people. I'm not saying that. Nothing wrong with it, but it, but if you're an American company, I think it's nice to use uh, local people. And they found that really people were getting, uh, frankly, better support from the people who really were right there. So that's, I think, really great. Carbonite.com, offer code TWIT, and we really thank them for their support. We have people, you know, we bought, we've been selling these bricks. A lot of our sponsors now are buying the logo bricks. So uh, when we have the, the wall of honor in there, isn't that pretty where that's going to be? Yep. Yeah. And when you come in the lobby, you'll see it, it's right there. I'll show you Ben after the show. But we've got two rows of these logo bricks going all the way down there. So it's really, 
Gee, CNN. Glad to see that you expanded the wall. So yeah, we had to. More. We've sold a thousand. Wow. Nice. Two hundred of these, but a thousand total. Mm -hmm. And thank you because. Uh, well, base. Let me show you. I got. I got nothing left. It's all. I'm empty <laughs> pockets. We spent every penny on this new studio, but it's, it was worth it. It really is. Uh, so, so Leo, what's going to happen to the Twit Cottage? What is going to uh, become of your It's exciting. Original? We've got this big wrecking ball, and we're just going to go, <laughs> whoom. <laughs> no, we don't own the building. We don't own either building. We're leasing it. So, um, so we're uh, just going to move out, and uh, somebody else will move in. It'll be kind of sad. You know, we get, we've been getting tons of visitors uh, over the last month or two for people who say, I want to see it before it's over. But man, this place you should get over. historic landmark status. It's such a dump. I'm. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody, somebody, this is good. Somebody said, just said to me, you don't want logos on the ISS, but you're going to have logos all over your building. Well, that's a good point. Mm. If the government would like to support Twit, <laughs> no, I don't want them to support Twit at all. So the Nortel patents. Uh, I think we talked about this last week. They've gone. Not to Google, who bid for them, $3.14159 billion, but they went to Apple, Blackberries, RIM, um, and Microsoft. So how long, Ben Parr, before we get the lawsuits? When are the lawsuits on Android? Any minute now. Oh. You think? They're, they're, I mean, obviously they already started, but that, that, that's how hammering. Apparently that's how Microsoft. Hammer. And Microsoft's making a whole bunch of money like on every Android device sold. They just like they want to make. They just want. It's not the money now. They want to kill it. Don't I, you think? I, I definitely think so. And uh, it's it's not it's Oracle. It's Microsoft. All of them. And really, the that consortium went for those patents. I mean, it was a defensive move to make sure that Google didn't have them and Google didn't have the defense against uh, its platform. Five hundred. Google says uh, we're activating five hundred thousand Android. I have to. I'm a big Android fan. Ray, are you still Apple? Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I I don't know. I I just can't stand the Android. Oh interface. come on, play with this. It's a G2X. You're gonna like it. Look at look at. I got the weather in the background there. I got all these widgets. I think Ooh. it might be the widgets that I don't like. <laughs> well, you can. You know, I if you want. You know, if you don't have to like widgets, if you want Ray, you could just make it a uh, an array of icons on there. It can look just okay. like an iPhone. I don't know. Although I like their widgets, just locked. like an iPhone. I, I do Leo, like that because I can see my stuff. <laughs> what do you got there, Mark Million? What are you holding up there? iOS five. Oh, Whoa. see, that's nice. Uh, that looks widget tree, just like an Android phone. Just yeah, like they, it. they saw the good feature, the one. The, the notifications are spectacular. Yeah, yeah. And, and the 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 widgets in the well, in you the, know, as in the notification system. Yeah, when the screen's locked. Hey Ray, you did the tip I left at the Water Street Bistro. Great quiche. <laughs> awesome quiche. It was great. That's something you can't do on, uh, on an Apple phone. For some reason, Foursquare added these little notifications to Android first. Yeah. 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 So it notified me. Nice. Yeah. You, you tried the nice. quiche. <laughs> it was very good quiche. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, why do we I've never had anybody on these do things? that. What? Why do we always talk about food on these things? Because I'm hungry. Yeah. By the end of the day, I'm starving. <laughs> Best quiche in town. Congrats, you've done this. Yeah. And oh, the bread Christ. that they give beforehand, best That's bread I've too. ever had. Yeah. Awesome. Apple, according to an analyst, Apple makes 50% of all handset industry profits. So you can't, Apple's doing all right. We don't have to feel sorry for Apple here. They're not only well, they're Apple, taking. Apple is the, although Android is the most uh, used oper mobile operating system, smartphone operating system, the uh, iPhone is the most uh, sold handset of any of the okay, I'm any individual handsets. So 
Oh, that kind of makes sense to a certain, you know, to a large extent. I since get Apple it. Yeah, there's only four models because there's iPhone. four iPhones, but there's four thousand Android phones. Right. But they're in different businesses. I mean, Apple is deriving all of its revenue from the hardware sales, whereas Google is, you know, doing this for free so that they can get all of this money from mobile ad revenue. Right. So uh, this is market share Android. I love this. Two thousand eight Android market share point six. Or I'm sorry, point five percent. 2009, 3.9%, 2010, 22%, first quarter to 2011, 31%, now 42%, projected to be 50% by uh, the end of 2012. And Apple going kind of uh, pretty stable at about 15 to 18% of the uh, market share. It's RIM that's really taking the, the big RIM's hit. the one that's dying. Oh. Look at that. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's just sad. Are you a BlackBerry fan? Uh, I'm, I'm an iPhone person, but... Yeah. Um, it, it just had I mean. Well, look at Symbian. Symbian ain't doing too well either. 52% in 2008, projected to be 9% in 2012. Well, no surprise they threw it under the bus. Right. Yeah. I live and in Windows. Country, and so. Windows Mobile is not doing well either, despite, um, you know, despite the Windows Phone 7. It just isn't taking off. It's They're still sinking like a stone. 4.9% market share in uh, the second quarter. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule them out yet. I'm curious no, to see Nokia what happens Nokia. Nokia could change everything, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do anybody here use a Windows phone? I I've used them. They're, I they're, I I own a, a Focus. It's it's not like the interface itself. Like I can see. Oh, like, I like it. Yeah, like like you know, um, non-techers are like you know, there's like easier. It's a little bit of easier access in some I ways. I think it's uh, like my first Sony. It's my first smartphone. I yes. really do. I think <laughs> yes. that's exactly the market yep. for it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. My first smartphone. And there's a huge number of people who have not done it. I mean, the, I think what only a third in the U.S. of uh, cell phone owners have smartphones. Lots of room for growth. Lots of room, and and it is it's a great operating system. I mean, I, I you know I think they've stumbled. Microsoft stumbled in not getting key features out faster, but uh, it's a great operating system, and it'll be real interesting to see how it integrates with uh, Windows 8. We were talking about the the new iPhone this fall. Uh, Wall Street Journal saying that uh, they expect Apple expects to make 25 million units of the new iPhone for this year alone. Well, that's amazing. I mean, so you can't really, nobody's out of the market. Uh, or certainly, uh, there's, Apple's going strong and uh, Android's strong. Uh, I think there's still hope for Windows. Really, the, the loser is, is BlackBerry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I live in Rim Country. So. Right. You're right up there by Waterloo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a 20-minute drive from yeah. me. And it's all WebOS, like, anybody? Web well, what do you think, Mark? Uh, the touchpad, uh, people have been disappointed by the touchpad. Did you play with one? Yeah, we've got a touchpad here. Um, I'm also in the, the disappointed camp, I think. I mean, they it looks like they haven't done a whole lot with the operating system in the last couple of years. And I think they've lost a lot of their best designers and um, a lot of their best engineers to Apple and Google and uh, the, the hotter companies in the mobile space and the transition from Palm to HP. So, um, I mean, they they still make pretty good hardware and they still make pretty good software, but it's not outstanding in any way. I think that HP putting WebOS on all its, you know, on printers and um, computers and then trying to, uh, you know, uh, lease it out to um, to other manufacturers could be an interesting play, but it's it's going to take a while before they can do anything with that software. That's a shame. I, I loved WebOS. I actually thought the Palm Pre was a good, was a great start anyway, underpowered, but a great start. It's a little bit disappointing. Uh, so uh, RIM might be out 
Nokia is going to be around. We'll see with the Windows. It's, it's still, there's still a, there's a competitive market there. Uh, we can't really. In five can't years from now, there could be whole new players. I mean, just yep. think, five years ago, there was no iPhone. There was no Android two years, three years ago. It's yeah. change world. Change, the world is changing way too fast. One thing I know you don't want to do, sneak spy software onto Apple computers at the Apple Store. Apparently not a good idea. The guy oh, I who, love this story. The guy who did... Well, tell me the story. Tell me the story. Uh, so this one was from uh, Mashable Sarah Kessler, and she... Um, um, there, there was this, uh, just, I guess, artist, like, in New York, and he decided to, like, put spyware on all these different, like, um, Apple devices in all in all the, like, New York stores and, like, take pictures of these people, like, while they were looking at it. And then I think she, he had, like, a showing in an Apple store where you would see all these different people, including yourself. Um, looking at the computer. Yeah. It's a clever idea. Apple has sicked the Secret Service on them. I know. <laughs> I was like, the Secret Service. That's serious now. They're pissed. So is this this is the video that he made, or uh, this is this is his story? This is from the Mashable story. Yeah, I, I think this is a yeah video. A thousand photos that. using computers around New York City. So here's the saw. Here's him. Oh, so this is the software installed. Yeah, this is a, some of the people that I like this. But of course, you can't do that. Yeah, it's it's you, a it's a cool idea. You kind of picked the wrong company to <laughs> tangle with here. <laughs> I mean, they allow iJustine to dance around, but really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, iJustine isn't uh, installing any spyware on their computers. No. This is kind of cool, though. Look at this. He's an artist. It reminds me of that software that you put on your computer, Prey, to uh, take pictures of the person who stole it. Right. Yeah. That's right. what it's like. From Orbicule. Right. Yeah. So he arranged a public exhibition of these photos. At an Apple store. Yeah, at an Apple store. <laughs> when he says arranged, does he mean he actually talked to management at the Apple store, or? No. I think he only mm. talked to the security people because they're like, uh, "Am I allowed? Uh, I don't. Can I take pictures?" And they said yes, and he didn't. They he didn't say. By the way, I'm, I'm using your software, <laughs> your cameras. Wow. Well, I'm glad he made it, the video. It looks like he's using a legit camcorder. I mean, he's got like a, a good zoom going. He's not filming this on an iPhone in the in the store. So hey, he's an artist. Yeah, but I, I'm saying like the the Apple Store employees should have like noticed. They should have picked up cameras. on this. Yeah. Now here he is. He's taking over the. <laughs> he's taking over the computer. Hey, wait, that, that's me. <laughs> this is pretty funny. I can see how pissed. I can just see Steve Jobs coming hurtling down the hall, saying, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, so we'll find out what happens. Kyle McDonald, uh, good luck. And if you need money for your uh, fund, call NASA. You should consult Gizmodo <laughs> for legal advice. Gizmodo, yeah. Call, call Brian Lamb. Yeah. Oh, he quit. Yeah, he quit. He's gone. You know where he's going? I, I, he didn't announce when he didn't announce. I don't really know what he's going to yeah, do next. He left. He went to surf, I think. I think he's just going off to surf. Surfing? <laughs> Sounds he, like he a good life. Surf. All right. Who, uh, who thinks we're going to get uh, Lion uh, this week? Yay. You think so? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. I think Thursday. Thursday? Mark, you agree? Yeah, it'll probably. I mean, it's not a big release, so uh, it'll come in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Then I don't you, think they'll make a big hoopla out of it. Well, no, but that's the difference. We know it's this month. But some people are saying it's this week. It's going to come at the same time as the MacBook Airs. And if the MacBook Air rumors are true, then it'll be sometime this week. Jesus says it's not the future we were hoping for. That's Jesus Diaz on uh, 
on uh, just in case didn't mean to confuse you. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus says, ah, oh, forget it. I was all impressed there for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. I, I, I have any of you played with it? I haven't played with I it. Haven't played I, it. I haven't played with it, but the description that he gives is kind of what I was afraid of when they were describing it uh, at the launch event for it. They were talking about how it's iOS on top of Mac OS. I was kind of thinking that sounds Frankensteinian. Yeah, you know? it sounds um, like they've grafted something. He used the and phrase "mission chaos." Yeah, and it, it, it seems to me like that's um, – uh, I, I saw some reference to it as like this could be Apple's Vista, and I don't know whether we went that far. No. But it does sound like it's clunky, like, it, like it's not seamless as it should be. And it, but it could be also that that's because it's not yet on the software, on the hardware that they envision it being on. Imagine if you did have touchscreen iMacs that say laid down when you wanted to use them like a touchscreen. Um, it could be a lot more friendly then, but I think if you're using the gestures on a touchpad and with a magic mouse, I'm not sure that that sounds like it would work well. <laughs> One of the things he says, the ugly failure of the physical metaphor, this is uh, Jesus Diaz writing, another iOS aspect that has worked its way into Lion is the graphical emulation of physical surfaces. Now there's gross faux wood paneling in photo booth. The address book is a real-world, hard-bound address book. iCal is a bloody pseudo-calendar made of paper and leather. The question is, why is Apple reproducing things that are obsolete already? Does anyone under 18 even know what these things are? Let's ask our kid. Mark Milling. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Mark, anyway? They do the same thing with the iPad. I mean, it's just kind of like a, a cute thing that they do uh, I, I like it but I'm an old fart and I do wonder I mean is does it isn't this kind of antiquated yeah I mean they're I think they're just going for nice bubbly uh, design that appeals to you know your senses of ooh that looks kind of cool that I looks mean like leather I, yeah <laughs> I've used the pre-release version of lion and uh, I mean they really should have called it desert leopard or something because it's the same uh, incremental step that they took with snow leopard it's very little that's new okay well it's and the good news is it's 30 bucks you could you know download it from the app store put it on every machine i mean it's not like they're asking for 129 dollars for to it. me it feels like this is just like like a mid-stage like a prep stage for the next like version we of said that last time yeah. we said that snow leopard was a prep stage for the next version. i think they've just moved you know they they've don't work in a very centralized team environment there there's not much of like you know this is the mac team and this will always be the mac team their engineers go back and forth between um between products and i think they've shifted a lot of their resources to ios so i i just i think they're to an extent giving up on on doing big innovations on the desktop just because the iOS is becoming such a giant part of their business, and there's so much more to do there. Uh, good sound in our chat room says the next version should be putty tat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when do they? When do they get? When do they go to uh, OS 11? Um, I don't know. And will they? And please, will they not use the marketing term? It goes to 11. Please no, don't. No, they do don't. That. They wouldn't. That that would I be a not. Bad idea. That would be terrible. R random aside, I, I miss when I talk to. Um, talk, I want to talk to my cousin. Is like talked about Looney Tunes. Like, what's Looney Tunes? No, please. Oh. 
They don't know? They don't know. Kids today. Even my son knows what Looney Tunes is, and he's five. You just have an ignorant cousin. <laughs> I hope so, because I love Looney Tunes. Wait, did I just say that? <laughs> Looney Tunes are still around. You did a very credible... Looney Tunes on the Cartoon Channel? Yeah, I'm sure. They're still... They're on YouTube, right, Mark? That's how I saw them. I saw that on YouTube. Um... Isn't this, in a way, though, what uh, Microsoft's doing with Windows 8, at least what we've seen of Windows 8? It looks like they're gluing a tablet interface on top of an operating system. This might be the thing, you know. I have to say, I think, I bet you both these companies, Apple and Microsoft, are desperately casting around to figure out, well, what can you do to an operating system that's new and different? We kind of got it down. I mean, there's no real reason to change, is there? Are we done? I mean, the real reason to put that Windows... A uh, Windows Phone 7 type mosaic interface is because they're taking the desktop windows and scaling it into tablet. I mean, it's the those changes are designed for the tablet devices that people are going to. But put they out, will appear on the Apple's desktop. Apple's not doing that. But they will appear they, on the desktop. They'll appear on the desktop, and maybe it'll be good for you know grandma who, who gets her cheap Windows netbook and she can you know see big tiles and figure out what everything is. But those changes are really done for the tablet devices. And Apple, you know, they, they've gone the other way. They've, they've said our mobile OS, our, our, our OS for phones is also for tablets. And it's, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to put all of that touch stuff onto the desktop for the Mac. Well, we'll see. I don't want to get... You know, I got in such heat because Dvorak came on about a month ago and was slamming Windows 8. And we just got nothing but hate mail from... I, mean, I, I need to play with that thing in my hands before I make a decision. Yeah, it's too way too early. But but I I, I also I don't raise this as a way of criticizing Microsoft, but just wondering if maybe we're kind of uh, uh, casting around for something new, some idea, because operating systems are kind of. I mean, the iPad, the, the that's the new idea. The the iPhone, the the, the touch screen, that's the new idea. The desktop, I don't know if it's if there's anything more to say about it. Is there? Have no, you, I don't think so. I done. mean, for me, it's just a development machine. I do any browsing or, or So you agree with Steve Jobs that it's a truck? Yeah. Some people will still need a pickup, but most people don't. Well, you, I don't think you'll ever develop an application on an iPad, ever. It's just it, the, the interface isn't right, right you still for, need it. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. a large amount of typing. If you did, it would be painful. Ugh. You know, I don't buy that jobs analogy. If it's a truck, then why is why are they trying to put you know six seats inside of it, and why are they trying to develop <laughs> it's an SUV. eight cup holders? <laughs> they they need to figure out you know if, if it's a truck and it's gonna you know lose its mainstream significance but still be important to a small sect, then don't drastically change things like the, like what they did with uh, Final Cut Pro Ten. Like that just pissed off a lot of the truck drivers. True. Are you saying are you saying the touch is the cup holders of the uh, desktop? Uh, I think that's good. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Say it. See that. So so we <laughs> asked <laughs> we asked, we asked our audience uh, on Google Plus where else because you know we're basically little fanboys here uh, for uh, their suggestions for stories for today's show and you know what they came up a lot of them Nikola Tesla's. 150th, 5th birthday. Yeah, that's a good one. They came up with one that, that was actually uh, something probably I wouldn't have heard about, and I'm really grateful. Uh, so we thank... Um, let me get the name so I can tell you who thought this one up. Jamie Diamond on G+, uh, for uh, pointing to this Ars Technica article that kind of stunned me. 
major ISPs agree to six strikes copyright enforcement plan. Mm -hmm. Now, we've heard about the three strikes plan that was proposed by ACTA and adopted in France and some other countries, where you have three unproven strikes against you for piracy. They'll kick you off the Internet. Well, AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, Cablevision, and Time Warner have just signed on to a voluntary agreement with the movie and music industry to crack down on infringers. Uh, after six strikes, well, you won't exactly be out, but uh, what are they going to do, spank you? <laughs> They're going to educate you. To, like dial-up speeds. Yeah, they'll educate. You they have kind to kind of harass you bit by bit. Yeah. You, know, you have to go to ed- re-education camp. They're going to um, make you watch YouTube videos all well, day long about privacy. That's privacy. actually what YouTube did. Yeah, isn't, they did that. They make you watch... <laughs> If you if you get bunk, dang dinged like a certain three times on YouTube for copyright violations, before you can continue on, you have to watch. You have to go to copyright school on YouTube. <laughs> it's like hap, the Happy Animal Friends. I don't know which one. Like, it is. got the characters. Yeah. Uh, is it happy? Is it actually? Oh, I didn't realize it was actually a real. It was. It was. Yeah. It's, they they went, went with one of their YouTube stars. Like I, I don't remember the name of the one, but they um, went with these characters that are already very popular. Russell learns some important lessons. It is. It's Happy Tree Friends. Ah, there it is. Russell learned some important (laughs) lessons about copyright. Let's all watch together. (laughs) By the way, I'm violating copyright by running this on the show, and we will probably get pulled off of YouTube (laughs) just for this. We're just educating people. I'm educating looking forward to the new video from Lumpy and the Lumpets. Oh, I like his little pirate hook. See, he's a pirate. He's got a hook and a patch. Russell's a huge fan. He See, can't wait a, to a tell all his friends about house, it. He would use that hook and just like so he was take like, out the guy's eye, right? You didn't create that video. You just copied someone else's content. This is so. I'm sorry. Uploading someone else's content. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. You just copied somebody else's content. If you want to see if that I video, just forced to watch that, I would never <laughs> steal content ever again. <laughs> you know, I watched it and then I checked the lesson. box and I've said, I've learned my lesson. Next time I'll wear an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> this, so the, you know, this is almost the, these six steps are almost it's almost like they're wimping out. You know, you all, it, you read this and you go, um, OK, w- you know, when are you like really going to smack them down? And right. And if you're going to agree to something, then then um, this is so amorphous and so weeny. They call them copyright alerts, a series of messages warning users that their alleged activity has been detected. Penalties could continue if you could result if you continue. Six times you get these messages. Yeah, this is the don't don't make me come up there, kids. Um, approach. <laughs> don't make me pull over this internet. Um, there is an appeals process, and then there's the punishment, which they don't call punishment. They call a mitigation measure. Ooh. I'm going to, don't make me open up a mitigation measure on your ass. I'm going to come up there. You're grounded. <laughs> <laughs> You're mitigated. Son, it's time for a mitigation measure. Aww. I'm going. <laughs> uh, so um, there's a $35 filing fee. I, I can't. Okay, so the first alert, second alert, third alert, what? fifth alert, sixth alert. Where do the alert. alerts go to? <laughs> how does that even work? Like, like okay. if I'm bitorting something. How, how okay. So all right. So me? would you be Mr. Pirate for the purposes sure. of the show today? All right. Never done such a, a heinous act before, but I'll pretend <laughs> just for this. Put down that bitorrent. 
<laughs> in response to a notice from a copyright owner, an internet service provider will send an online alert to a subscriber. An email. Let's an say, email. Notifying you that your account may have been misused. It's a good thing I checked my ISP's email account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, if it were content theft, that would be wrong. Mm. And a violation of our published policies and that consequences could result from any such conduct. They, it will also direct you to educational resources. <laughs> In other words, that like crappy happy tree, like happy right tree friends. <laughs> um, anyway, then the second alert, if it persists, the subscriber may get a second alert, which will underscore the educational message. So is this like when I count like one, two, <laughs> if exactly. I get the three. Gonna, I don't, don't make <laughs> me count. If the subscriber account, again, this is third strike now. What? Again appears to have been used for content oh. theft, you'll receive another alert. However... This alert will provide a conspicuous measure, a mechanism, such as a click-through pop-up notice, landing page, or something like that, asking you to say, I got that. I got it. Yeah. That's a good punish, uh, punishment. They just barrage you with pop-ups. <laughs> <laughs> this is just to make sure that you got the message. Fourth alert, if you keep doing it, you're going to get another alert. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Not another alert. <laughs> Fifth alert. If the subscriber account again appears, you got you got a lot of leeway here. Yeah. Again wow. appears to have been used for content theft. They'll send you another alert. At this, <laughs> I hope they don't send this to like my. Um, if I was doing this, and of course I don't. Ever, <laughs> but if if I was doing this, and they were to say send it to my ISP email address, yeah. which I never use, and yeah. a lot of people don't use, I would never see these. So okay, by by alert five, they can do the mitigation. Now here's the mitigation measures. Um, for instance, not limited to, but including temporary re reduction of internet speed, redirection to a landing page that says you can't use the internet till you call us. Mm. You've been called to the office um, to discuss the matter or reviews in response to some educational information about copyright. ISPs are not obliged to impose mitigation measures, which would disable or be reasonably likely to disable the subscriber's voice telephone service, email account, or any security. See, this is a problem. You can't cut somebody off of the Internet because you've been selling them Internet-based phone service for the past right. six years. Or health service, such as home security or medical monitoring. You, the ISP can waive it. You could say, no, no. Sixth alert, whether or not the ISP has previously waived the mitigation measure, if the subscriber's account again appears to be used for content theft... The ISP will send another alert. <laughs> so what happened to number seven? We start over. Goes back to one. <laughs> this is death by a thousand alerts. That's what this I, is. I bet you they just like send a letters like, please just stop doing this. Like, yeah, stop. It's like an actual letter. We don't want to do this. You're making me sad. So if you have six things downloading at the same time, so they're six oh, separate is that six oh. content violations, do I no. get like six alerts all at once? No. And that's why you should download as many. Okay. <laughs> you should have as many, downloads. as many downloads as you can because each one is one alert. Okay. So kids, when you're downloading movies or music from the internet, make sure you download as much as possible every time. I recommend 10 to 20. 10 to 20. <laughs> yeah. And you have to get caught too. I mean, they don't catch people pretty much ever. I'm looking at Mark Millian. I think he should get at least two alerts right now. <laughs> uh, this is good news for the small ISPs. Yes. All the all the pirate ships will be. Uh, That's true. It's only the big ones. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about uh, music. Spotify is supposedly mm. ooh coming to the U.S. sometime next week. Does anybody um, now? I can't use it. You, you're in I'll Canada. Just, I'll just bow out. You can't use it. We no. can't use it. Anybody here? Have you I've tried it? By I've, I've tried it. You can use a proxy. Oh, Mark Million, you're raising your hand. I knew you were a pirate. <laughs> no, no, they hooked me up with it. They hooked you up. I got it uh, legitimately, oh. illegitimately. So, uh, look, I use RDO, I've used Mog, I've used Rhapsody. Uh, how is this different from those? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's got a nice design, and uh, it's... <laughs> It actually rivals um, the song catalog, but the, obviously the biggest competitive advantage is that it's going to be free up front. Um, you go to any college campus, and the way that they're listening to music is they're firing up YouTube and typing in each right. each song at a party. What's wrong with um, that? Right, you get the video and the music, and it's free. Right, but the you know you can't do playlists easily with that, and uh, and it's it's just not a very good experience. So Spotify is free and it's a better experience which is why it's taken off uh massively in europe and i think it has a pretty good chance to take off here we got the chat room's great they're saying it's got a good beat you can dance to it it's got fins it's uh <laughs> it's got a unicorn <laughs> it's got a unicorn i mean there's all sorts of reasons to like it but but it's funny I, it's because we can't get it in the states and canada that we're so excited about it is that it maybe. people in europe love it it's again. It's again. It's the tech world always talks about. It. I'm. I'm wondering what the regular Joes are because a lot of them are using Last FM or Pandora. That are they going to be jumping onto Spotify when their friends show it to them? I think there's a little bit of a backlash. <laughs> I can't wait a minute. I got. Uh, this is from one of our uh, one of our viewers, the new OS 10 Lion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't put Scoble. <laughs> that's in good. There. Now, yes, that's your assignment. Put Scoble in there, and then you'll... so it's a picture. Uh, it's the lion box with a picture of a lion, but instead of a lion face, it's got a key. I smell a new meme. <laughs> <laughs> mm, smells like new meme in here. Um, I don't know. For me, for these music services, I, I'm more interested in turntable. Uh, Turntable.fm is amazing. It's got $7.5 million, uh, $37 million uh, valuation. Mm -hmm. Turntable.fm is legal about it at the moment. It's not legal? No, they don't have any license agreements or or anything. They have venture capital. They're going to have a long road ahead of them. I mean, Spotify has been negotiating to get to the U.S. for over a year and a half. And they've had to sell people on their business model, sell all the record labels, put money up front in order to get the agreement signed. Uh, turntable is cool, but I I would be curious about how long it lasts. Where, where does Turntable get its music from anyway? Do they is you it, upload a, they, a song? Oh no, but you can also you, they also have songs in the system. I think it's uh, from what people have uploaded. Is it from user upload? You think? I think so, but I don't so know. That's the deal, if you haven't used it, is there's a five turntables. Uh, the first five people who jump on the turntable get to choose the songs one after the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's chat. Um, somebody told me that no matter what, it all ends up being a dubstep. I don't know if that's true, but... The thing I like about it is... I, I believe they have a, a, a pub, an agreement with one publisher to get um, a, a small catalog, but... They're, they don't have any of the label agreements, um, any of the major publishing agreements. So the legality is very gray, if not I, black. I think it's all about this meter where you can say, this song is lame or awesome, lame or awesome. Well, that gives DJs points. Right. 
and then so this guy's got 868 DJs. points. I mean, he's. Yeah. Yeah. It's actual social music. Yeah, it's actual social experience for music. Now I have to think there's a chance for uh, this to monetize because look what happens when you hover over the title. You can Bye. add song to uh, Amazon, iTunes, Last FM, Spotify, or RDO. So you can, you know, I could buy this song. I presume if I click that link. Um, I think that I don't know. Isn't shouldn't the record industry embrace this as the uh, there's a great so. way to discover a music discovery service. Mm-hmm. If, if, We're if, talking if you're using if you're using uh, yeah, music yeah. in the cloud that you uploaded and you are um, have a and you want to share it socially, I think it might be really interesting that um, to see somebody like Google or even Apple do something like this. I mean, you could do this. They've with, already got the music, right? Because, right. Uh, they have the music. Uh, Amazon could do it too. And uh, they and well, Amazon and Google don't have the licensing agreements as. Uh, you know, when they when they started their locker services, they didn't get that didn't get that de- those deals nailed down, but they certainly have a better relationship with the uh, with the music business. And Apple has the best relationship with the music business. And um, although they've they have punted badly with Ping, it'd be interesting to see if what if they did something like this with Ping if they turned it into a DJ service. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you could only listen to 60 seconds of every song. Then. <laughs> you know what? For That's now. all the kids want For anyway. Now. I watch my son listen to music, and he changes it every 10, 30 seconds. No attention span. No atten- the kids today, no attention span. On, on Pandora, can you share your radio station? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think Pandora is kind of wearing it. It's welcome. There's so much repeats on it, and it seems mm. like they're, they're wa- the playlist wanders I have a Frank Sinatra playlist, and all of a sudden I'll I'll be hearing you know Fifty Cent, and I don't. It's like what happened? <laughs> I actually have a, an XM streaming account. XM's cool. I, I like the the human element, and I like the the variety of stations. I, I was using Mog, that actually changed but things. the reason I went back to RDO is because I can do this. I can press the search on my Android phone, play Bob Dylan Forever Young, mm. and then even though it's not on here, it will find it and play it on RDO. That is cool. I mean, that's nice. got that's cool, right? Yes. The reason that Pandora has reached such a much more massive audience than those services, and the reason that Turntable FM is growing at a at a at a very high rate, and the reason I think that Spotify is going to do very well is because they all offer compelling services for free, and that's how you know people start telling other people about them. You the social features you can actually use them because. Odds are that other people will have access to it, and you know Spotify is going to have a very close relationship with Facebook. Well, that so, was that was it. What we part thought we'd be, be part of this awesome announcement is that they do Spotify. They didn't. You th- and then I'm hearing a rumor, maybe encouraged by the RDO people, that it's not Spotify, that it's RDO. So you know it's Spotify. Yeah, they have been working together. Um, not RDO. Not somebody else. I wouldn't be surprised if RDO is part of the music service as well. Um, I mean, Facebook has, you know, their position is that they want to encourage as many music services, and if they do it for movies, as many right. different uh, video services as possible. They don't want to just Why partner limit? up with one, from what I hear. It's the standard Facebook model. Facebook's a platform. Right. Uh, they don't like to just choose one and make them the right. one. But that's huge. I mean, that's another thing that Facebook already, we know, is sticky. People spend hours Mm -hmm. sitting in Facebook. Uh, This would just be even more hours sitting listening to music in Facebook. Turn up the Facebook. Facebook, I think, has a... Forget Spotify, (laughs) RDO. That's who's got the the, Mm -hmm. the play here is Facebook. Oh, yeah. Right? 
So what what are they waiting for? Why haven't we seen Mark? You have, it sounds it's, like you have inside knowledge, Mark. I I don't think Facebook wants to to do any of the record label agreements. I they don't, don't want to get sued. Well, they don't want to get sued. They don't want to spend all the resources in the year talking to the record labels going to New York every week. Um, oh, I'm not I, saying they should do it themselves. I'm just saying, why haven't they launched one of these guys? Well, I think they'll probably partner up with a number of them and make Facebook uh, the hub for social music. Um, and I think Spotify probably has a better chance than RDO or Mog for being um, the most listened, or iTunes for that matter, um, being the most well, we listened to be service Apple. on there just because, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good point. So what, the one, uh, the one we know it won't be is Apple. It, it's going to come in the next few weeks. Uh, Facebook calls this its launching season, so you're you're going to see the music service come in the next, I think, couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And they had they had references to the music service in the code for the um, the Skype applet that you download. Ah. So it has a little uh, something called Facebook Vibe. So it's probably a system to like download your music into the system. Hmm. Somebody's gonna somebody. Social music is clearly the next thing. You look at Turntable FM and you see how powerful that is. I think RDO does a pretty good job. I follow people and then, and so forth. But before, Facebook could just clobber this out of the park. And, they, and you're right. They don't have to do any deals at all, Mark. They just have to pick a partner or two or three or four. To a certain extent, they already have you know, the ideal de deal maker in Sean Parker, who's part of Spotify, Who as well as Napster. Warner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so they have it in already for the at least one major music label mm. and uh, a music sharing service. Well, you know, the, the label guys I've talked to say one of the reasons that they've, um, you know, waited so long to work with Spotify, um, of many reasons, they've, you know, the labels thought they had audacious terms and they, they wanted way too much from something that, right. you know, might hinder uh, the label uh, business model. But um, Sean Parker is involved, Napster. Uh, Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, was uh, also the CEO of some like BitTorrenting software company. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these were the guys that were just that's so funny bringing yeah. down the the music industry. Pirates in the are past. the music and, industry now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really interesting. Uh, Hulu tops a million users. That's interesting. A lot of people using Hulu. So, at this, he, Mark Zuckerberg said this is the launching season. He really did imply that he was going to have a bunch more announcements. This is just the beginning. He also said, I thought this was interesting, he had admitted to the fact yes, we do have 750 million users, which had been speculated by some, but he confirmed that. But he said it's no longer about users. We've reached critical mass. Now it's about what do you do with those users? Mm -hmm. What do you invent? How do you innovate around them? He, well, Part of the reason he says that because he knows that the growth is going to have to slow down because there's just not enough people to fuel this growth. But right. he does make a very good point. He's saying like the next five years, um, they they built this social layer across the world, and now for the next five years they're going to put uh, they're going to make everything else social using the social layer. So make music social, make um, make video social, make all these different other aspects social, and create um, applications that can harness the network that they built. Look at this uh, this graph from uh, CNET's Crave blog, actually, via Display Search. The growth of, what do you think that growth is? Pretty good, isn't it? That is the growth of Internet-connected television sets. They're predicting 500 million, half a billion Internet-connected television sets uh, by 2015. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can watch us on your Internet-connected television set. It's good news for me. It's it's internet connected TV every single year at CES. It's like we well, can also can we add into the TV? 
25 this year alone 25 percent of all flat panel sets come with some form of internet capability by 2015 it'll be 47 percent although the interfaces on them are still not, so not good. very good yeah. they're clunky yeah. and they don't work reliably i've got a relatively new samsung and it's just you know it's kind of frustrating to have to go through it even for even for me and i i know what i'm doing i can't imagine my parents um, trying to figure that out. Are, are they um, counting Apple TV? That's TV sets. TV sets that no, are actually integrated built in, into the integrated. TV. Oh, okay. Not including Roku, Apple, Google, all the other boxes. Xbox, out yeah. There. Okay. I think and, it's still my advice to get a box because you, I, the, you yeah. better interfaces, right? The or interface is much better after the fact. Yeah, right. And you right. can upgrade the box. It's uh, it's not mm -hmm. new TV. I think, I think one the of the reason... best is uh, Roku. Sorry. I love Roku. We all Roku agree is Roku. simple. It's uh, it's easy to use. It is uh, reliable. It works well, and it doesn't have its own fee like Apple TV does. Right. I mean, at, at least you need to pay iTunes, you know, fealty for each each component. But I really like I really like uh, Roku. I think it's the, one of the best values out there. What do you use, Mark? Um. I use a YouTube. PS3. I know you watch YouTube. YouTube, <laughs> yeah, it's all on YouTube. PS3 for Netflix and uh, local videos. PS3 is a good choice, except when it's uh, taken down, hacked. Yeah, <laughs> except for that. Uh, did you see Will's and Kate play with a touchpad? Now that was cool. That was good news for HP. They got the 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 the, the Will's and Kate. The you know the. Future King. Future King, or whatever the hell he is. Is he the, <laughs> the Future Prince. King? He is the Future he King. Is. The He's Future King? She's so he's beautiful. Who's long. looking at the touchpad? Like, I mean, she's like, she's like just shines out of that picture. Where are they? What are they doing? I don't care. So they played with... Where, oh, what, what? they're in L.A. now, right? Yeah. 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 Beverly Hills Media Executives. Uh, a lot of the Hollywood players are paying a lot of money just to get some FaceTime with them. Sure. <laughs> the Duke and Duchess. They just spent eight days in Canada. Yes. How was that? Was they, it good for you? It was awesome. <laughs> awesome. She, they are. I mean, they're technically going to be the future king and queen of Canada. Exactly. So, there's a the title to aspire to. Yes. I would like to be the king of Canada, please. <laughs> uh, you did a story. Uh, speaking of uh, the UK, you did a story about this news of the world yes. hacking. Oh my God. So. Uh, you know, I think what it was followed. It's been followed so heavily in uh, in London and and in England and, and and even in Europe. But we only are just now kind of paying attention in the U.S. Give us a quick summary of what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that's been going on for a very long time, for years, where uh, the News of the World reporters, this you know giant publication, this tabloid that's been going for 130 some odd years. And by the Britain, way, powered Rupert Murdoch's fortune. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. A, a very powerful publication in Britain um, was essentially doing phone hacking in order to get a lot of their scoops. They would, um, you know, were, without the physical phone. How? What were they doing? Um, some they haven't come out and said exactly what was going on, but a lot of people believe. Uh, a lot of experts say that they were using um, something called pretexting, which is right. um, illegal in the U.S. Uh, fairly recently, and in, in many countries where you call up a um, a phone company and pretend to be the person on the account, say like, "Oh, I I forgot my voicemail password. Can you help me reset it?" And they ask you a few security questions. Um, if it's a celebrity, if it's someone in the royal family, or 
you know, they, they were believed to have hacked into all kinds of celebrities. So they, they were basically using and, social engineering mm-hmm. yeah. to get into people's voicemail. Right. Well, that's slimy. The mess it is slimy. And, and, you know, there's now allegations that they were breaking into um, family members of Iraqi soldiers or people who were stationed in Iraq um, in combat and people who had died in Iraq. Oh. Um, so, yeah, there's, there was it sounds like a lot of slimy business. Um, but the story that I did was, um, you know, jumping off of that, like this is a relatively primitive form of phone hacking. But what other kind of hacking um, is possible with, you know, smartphones now that they're oh my God, growing they're big? I can't believe that we haven't had just widespread attacks on smartphones. This mm-hmm. thing is so valuable. Everything's on here. We uh, somebody told me was it Dvorak told me that in New York City. Uh, you know, if you're a cabbie and somebody leaves a phone in your cab, you know, you can make like a hundred bucks. You just drive up. They know where to go to the corner and they say, here's the phone. You make 150 bucks if you pulled the battery mm-hmm. because that way all the, it's not the phone. It's the data on the phone. That way they, the phone can't be erased ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this obviously this is this, we're just, I'm just waiting for the big attack on the smartphones. I don't know why we haven't seen them and it can't be that hard. I mean, a lot of them have come within the last couple of years just by, standard phishing attacks you know right. sending a link through a text message to a page that asks you to put in your right. your um, phone uh, account information or banking information and and those have be- been more lucrative than ones that are trying to steal your phone book for example for example just because it if they get you to call a number or send a text to a certain number um, they can charge it directly to your phone bill and make you know right. make a killing tons of way. money Hundred bucks a pop, or more. All right, uh, let me uh, take a quick break. We got a great panel here, and I just want to thank them for being here. Ben Parr and Race Lakinski visiting us from Canada. Pleasure. Mark Millian is here. You know, you're going to have a the King of Canada is going to yes someday soon. It'll be named Will. <laughs> Will. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Dwight Silverman here. Actually, as long as we're talking about Canada, we've got a great Canadian product to flog right now. You know about Fresh Books? I do. Who doesn't? They're a Toronto company. They are. Do you know them? them? Uh, yes, I do. You use them, Ben? Yeah. The, 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 when it's high, like I did that when I was uh, consulting long ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's how I found out about them when I was up in Toronto. Uh, Amber MacArthur told me about them. Yeah, I met Mike a, a few times at a few parties. And, They're really yeah. nice guys. And they boy, are. what a great system. So if you are a freelancer and you have to send out invoices, you know what a pain in the butt it is. I hate at the end of every month. It's like, I don't want to invoice. Your wife does the invoicing, doesn't she, Ray? No. No? You do it? No. You're an employee now. You yeah, don't have to do nah, it anymore. Yeah, I don't have to nah. do it. That's one way to solve it. The other way is to go to <laughs> FreshBooks.com, focus on your work, not your paperwork. FreshBooks is so awesome. You upload your logo. They create these great-looking professional invoices, which you email to your client. The invoice has a button that says, would you like to pay now? Via credit card, PayPal, authorized.net. It is, I mean, you get paid faster. You're more likely to get paid because of that. You can easily create invoices that are automatic, payment that's automatic, even if your client agrees to that. Follow-up is very straightforward. You could say uh, every 30, 60, and 90 days, maybe make sure if I don't get paid, we get a follow-up. Um, it just couldn't be slicker. Even if you do time and hours, they've got this great iPhone app or a web-based app that you can just track your hours and then put it right into the uh, invoice. Boy, I just love this system. It's free for the first three. That's the other thing that's great about it. If you have three or fewer clients, it won't cost you a penny. 
Just go to FreshBooks.com. Over 2 million people have sent and paid invoices via FreshBooks <laughs> since it started in 2004. And if you decide you, you, know, you want to use it and you have more than three clients, $20 a month for 25 clients. $30 a month for unlimited clients. It's a really great deal. Now, go to FreshBooks.com. Sign up for that free account right now. And don't forget to mention you heard it on Twit. Because everybody who enters this week is going to be in a drawing for a birthday cake. It doesn't even have to be your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's somebody's birthday. <laughs> They're really... It's funny. I don't know if... Who is your friend? Uh, Mike? Yeah, Mike. I don't know if it's Mike, but somebody there yeah. is like really focused on the birthday cake. Huh. It's like, make sure you mention the birthday cake. Because it's really important. It's weird. <laughs> is, it, is it that people want a birthday cake so badly? It must be. That they will go to FreshBooks.com and sign well, up? Well, typically you only get one a year. So th this is like an this extra is bonus a freebie. one. <laughs> now, I'm not guaranteeing the birthday cake. But you have a pretty good shot at it. We've we got one here. It's great. From Caroline's. FreshBooks.com makes invoicing painless. You're going to love it. Give it a try today. And we thank you for their support. That's thank you, Mike. It's a company that truly embraced being quirky, which is, you know, one of the Zappos models. Yeah, yeah. They're great. And they were one of yeah. the first Web 2.0 companies, really. I mean, yeah. They, I, I remember Amber showing to me. I went, ooh, this is great. This is beautiful. Well done. They've gotten big since then. Uh, let's see. Tech experts exit White House. <laughs> I didn't even know they were there. <laughs> they chased them out. Who, uh, who left the White House? Let's see. Oh, well, Vivek uh, Akundra. This, the, was he the CTO, CIO? Yeah, he was the chief, yeah, chief technical officer of the uh, United States. He took a real job. He did. Well, he, I think they all got <laughs> frustrated with kind of, you know, the glacial pace of government. Government just doesn't move fast, and these guys are used to, you know, they're used to the Silicon Valley paces, and they weren't getting it. Uh, the Office of Science and Technology uh, Policy, uh, Director John P. Holdren, Andrew McLaughlin, Chief Technology Officer in Charge of Internet Policy. Ben Noth Beth Nofek, Deputy Chief Technology Officer for Open Government. But, you know, it's also that the campaign is coming. I mean, I have to say this happens normally at the beginning of the next campaign season. Mm -hmm. You start with new people. You're from Canada, but it's like that in Canada. We watch it. You watch. You follow. <laughs> we watch. You follow. I actually care more about U.S. politics than my own. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to admit. Is it still Ben Harper? Yeah. No, not Ben. Steven. Steven. Ben Harper is, <laughs> is like a ben singer. Harper. He has like, <laughs> I love his record. He's got a, yeah. Prime Minister Ben Harper. <laughs> now, that would be, <laughs> cool. would be awesome. I would vote for him. But yeah, Steven Harper. Yes. See, I follow. Who uh, also plays music. He's also a musician. An avid Beatles fan. Well, you gotta like that. Yeah, Scottish. They do that to pretend they're human. Sure, Apple. Politicians do that. Oh yes, I <laughs> am Clinton a Beatles saxophone. fan. I play the saxophone. I'm a human just like you. you. Um, what else is there to talk about? South Korea to dump textbooks for tablets. They're going to require all elementary uh, textbooks to be available in electronic form uh, by the year 2014. The entire childhood education curriculum will be taught through computers, tablets, and other handheld computing devices by 2015. Wow. That'll save a lot of trees. Wow. Good news for Samsung, which will probably be the they're, choice yeah, supplier. They're a Korean yeah. uh, company. How many, I don't know how many kids that is, but that's. Uh, I think it's good news in general, don't you? Notre Dame did a uh, University of Notre Dame did a uh, research project, in which they had students use iPads instead of textbooks for seven weeks. Uh, 
apparently was was a quite a success. I always little worry a little bit whether kids whether an iPad, you know, they're going to end up playing uh, We Rule instead of reading the books. But apparently, uh, university students anyway desired uh, the textbooks on uh, on digital form. You can put the notes in on everything. You can share the notes with your friends. Yeah. Yep. Actually, huh, they got the iPad at no cost. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder. University mm. students pick iPads over textbooks because they're free. Well, that's a flawed study. Are, were the books free or just the iPad? No, the i they get a free the iPad. Oh. Uh, <laughs> God. You, you still pay a lot for those books, though, even though they're in digital yeah, form. Yeah, well, I know. I that's annoying. Say, in the long term, you yeah. have one iPad for four years instead of buying, like, uh, God, you know where the disadvantage books. is you can't you know and by the way this is why i think textbook companies are kind of behind this mm -hmm. there's a huge resale market mm -hmm. for right. textbooks you can get right. most of that money back that must cut into their sales terribly so there's no resale of value at all in an electronic textbook right so i suspect that some of this is the, is greed on the part of textbook manufacturers yeah you know, i've got a daughter in college and uh and was kind of amazed at the price of online textbooks digital textbooks and how expensive they are they're not any cheaper are they and then you can't sell them back right i mean college is a hotbed for piracy so if anyone will figure out how to crack the uh, ebook yes. protection for wait those, a minute what at schools no never <laughs> what are did you what but then you'll get six well, warnings six strikes why, six yeah, you'll get six oh. warnings <laughs> six alerts don't you it's so funny because college costs so damn much. I don't even know how you even notice the price of a textbook and the bigger overall bill. Oh, my God. You weep at every line, Leo. Every freaking line. Every time you pay back that student loan. Oh. Yeah. Are you still paying your student loans? No, I, I paid mine off not very long after. I, uh, I worked through college. Good man. That's because that's, that's got to kill people. It, it, I skipped the step. You didn't even go to college? I did six months, and then I came out to Palo Alto for six, seven months, and... That's I think if you're going to work in the tech industry, I'm not sure a four-year college is really the right way to go. That's Peter Thiel's yeah. uh, ph philosophy. I mean, he's paying That's right. college kids. So, hundred uh, grand not to go. Yeah. Huh. So next week we're going to go to Comic-Con. Are you uh, fans of the uh, comic book? I am. Genre? We're going to send Tom Merritt and Sarah Lane down there. When is that, Friday? No, Saturday. Yeah, Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday of next week. Make sure you tune in for that coverage. That's not next week. That's a week... It's two weeks from now. Two weeks. Uh, I think is now explaining to me why next week <laughs> is like two weeks from now. <laughs> this week is this oh, week. Next is when the end of the week is. <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> it's compression, Leo. It's compression. <laughs> Did you Dakota. know that there's a quite a bit of piracy in colleges these days? I've never. No. Wow. Shocking. I've learned something today. And that and that this week is not next week. But next week is not this week. Ben Parr, thank you for being here. Mashable.com is the place to read Ben's fantastic writing. Uh, and good job on, uh, on asking Zuck the question. He thank danced well. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. I've danced with the man who danced with the girl who good danced with the Prince Zuck of Wales. Mark Millian, what? Good job on popping Zuck the question. Yes. After the, <laughs> after the woods. Pop. All I need is the ring. <laughs> he popped the Zuck question. Mark Millian, CNN.com. Look for him on the website. He's at Mark Millian on the Twitter. What are you on uh, on the Twitter? Uh, I like to say at the Twitter. Every every week I get an email from somebody who says, It's not the Twitter, it's Twitter! Uh. 
What is internet. your name on the Twitter, Ben Parr? At Ben Parr. At Ben Parr. Mark Million is at Mark Million. Ray Slikinski. Ray S. Oh, yeah, you got a Don't good one. Don't confuse me with Ooh, the baseball yeah, team. Yeah, you got a good one. Ray S. Yeah. On the Twitter. He's also at Slikinski.com. Yep. <laughs> you looked at me funny, like... No, I, really? well, I, I had to remember. Did I own that one? Yes, you yes, own that yes, one. Yes, I own that one. That's the easy one. Yeah. And, of course, blogs. This is a, Here's a URL for you. Blogs. Blog. One. Singular. Blog.cron.com slash tech blog. Yeah, and I'm at D. Silverman. I got a good one, too. D. So Silverman. I and early. he does a great on twi- show. On the Twitter. On the Twitter. He does a great show on the radio. On yeah, the, Technology Bites every Wednesday night. Is that on night, the FM or the 8 AM? 8 p.m. <laughs> it's on the, it's on 8 the FM. 8 p.m.? <laughs> 8 p.m. on kpft.org, or if you're lucky enough to be in Houston, 90.1 FM. So you see, it's the Internet. Why can't it be the Twitter? And the radio. And the radio. Why can't it be the Google? I ask you, my friends. I ask you. Uh, if you haven't yet purchased a brick, I encourage you to do so. We are running out of time to get the bricks. I think our first shipment of bricks, they won't be here for the 24th. I think they come early August. So what you do is you go to bricks.twit.tv. There are the 8x4 bricks, which have uh, 15 characters, two lines each. Two lines of 15 characters each. So you get your name uh, for a slight increased amount of money, all of which goes to help us build the studio. You can get your logo on there. Um, and you can also get a commemorative brick if you decide to, you'd like to have a brick of your own in your own home. That wall of honor, I can't tell you, it's going to look so cool. It's going to look so cool. Uh, thank you all for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we have one more twit in the old studio, and then we move on the 24th. Uh, by the way, all the tickets are gone for opening day. In fact, I think for have we, have we given out all the seats for the first week? I think we have. If you would like to come, email my sister. She'll tell you. Eva at twit.tv. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Oh, there's Eileen in the background. Look. Another twit! Is in the can. He's, he's amazing. <laughs>